Hi, everyone. Welcome to Automation Chat. I'm your host, Teresa Hauk, Executive Editor of the Journal from Rockwell Automation and our partner, Network Magazine. In this week's episode, I chat with Dennis Nash, President and CEO of Control Station, about PID tuning and process manufacturing. This is a great conversation, and I even learned some things. You'll find out about the role PID tuning plays in process manufacturing and how advances in automation infrastructure have affected the use of PID controllers. We also talk about the difference between PID tuning and modeling and how you can use historical data, live data, and what's called live historical data. But first, it's time for our family-friendly, silly joke of the day. What are 100 rabbits hopping backwards called? A receding hairline. Okay, here's my conversation with Dennis. Hi, Dennis. It's great to see you. Great to be seen, Teresa. Thanks so much for having me today. Now, today we're talking about process control and PID tuning. And I know Control Station has built its business on being experts in process control and creating software that makes PID tuning easy. So talk to me about what role the PID plays in process manufacturing and also how advances in automation infrastructure have affected the tuning of PID controllers. Right. So the PID controller essentially allows process manufacturers to regulate the means of production. And uh, the, the PID or forms of it has been around for ages. The, the earliest example, some will point to ancient Greece, where a simple, very simple form of PID was used to uh, move uh, enormous doors. But the most widely cited example of PID being truly used in an industrial application date back to the late 1700s. It was a centrifugal flyball governor, which allowed uh, for the regulation of steam within an engine. Uh, that today remains a, a very common application of the PID. Clearly, back in those times, everything was analog, and uh, the process of tuning a PID controller was little more than guesswork. That improved uh, with the advent of trending tools. And um, as, as you and I sadly uh, both know, uh, trending tools were essentially a spool of paper against which a pen would be affixed and the pen would jump up and down in response uh, or, or to characterize how the, the uh, process was behaving. And using that trend, as a graphic of dynamic behavior, practitioners could then manually estimate values for the process gain, process time constant, uh, and, and the process dead time. With the advent of the, the digital age, however, right, with the widespread use of computers, software came on the scene. And the benefit of tuning software is that it allowed for a more consistent and, and a repeatable process by which practitioners could access data and formulate appropriate tuning parameters. The, the one fly in the ointment of these early software packages for tuning is that they lack the ability to handle real-world applications. Uh, real-world process dynamics are highly dynamic. They're noisy. Uh, they're oscillatory. And uh, it wasn't until 2008 when, in fact, Control Station 
introduced the non-steady state modeling innovation that allowed for the dynamic uh, and accurate modeling of complex real-world process data. That's interesting because users, practitioners talk about PID controller tuning software, as you mentioned, but you do talk about process modeling. From your perspective, what's the relationship between modeling and tuning? I love the question because uh, you're right here at Control Station. We emphasize the value of the model. Tuning uh, is essentially the ability to refine a controller's responsiveness. Once you have a good model, it's, it's easy to tune. That refinement, if you think of uh, applications, different applications that are common in industrial settings, the surge tank is one such application where its dynamic behavior, its, its purpose rather, is to absorb the impact of an upstream disturbance so that the process remains calm downstream, right? And so a controller would be tuned very aggressively so that it could take and absorb that, that dynamic and smooth it out. In contrast, uh, a controller could be tuned very conservatively if, for instance, its application, its purpose was to maintain set point tracking, right? So we're just trying to make sure that within a, a modest band that the controller is tracking that set point. So that can be easily done through refinement of tuning, but the modeling, right? Uh, what your question was getting at, we view that as uh, something separate though related. Uh, and it's the ability of a model to accurately describe a process's dynamic behavior, which is the real, the real magic. Uh, the, the model is going to have the ability to assess uh, accurately how far, how fast, and with what delay a particular controller will respond to those normal everyday uh, disturbances. Without that good model, uh, the tuning parameters themselves are um, of, of little value. And, and fortunately, with increasing amounts of data, higher resolution data from the process, software is now equipped with better tools with which to formulate the model and to deliver those more refined tunings. So you, you refer to higher amounts of data, higher quality data. For tuning software to do the work of calculating a model and generating tuning parameters, users need to access process data. So what are the most common ways to access data and how does the industry's growing concern for cybersecurity play into that? So um, we're fortunate, right, that fewer and fewer practitioners are applying the uh, um, what, what we would call poke and hope methods, right? Those manual methods where they simply input values across their fingers. And, and they're, they're, they're now able to use varying forms of software to provide a more reasoned and, again, repeatable uh, approach to their, their tuning process while, while seeking to improve control. To that end, however, it, it's historical data uh, that remains a, a tried and true resource for many practitioners. Most data is, is historized, right, uh, and, and includes those fundamental elements uh, required when tuning. Up. That's uh, information related to a set point, to a controller output, a process variable, and of course, some timestamp by which you can evaluate changes. Finding the bump test that is stored in the historian, though, can present a challenge, right? And unless you know when the set point change was made, when the 
uh, manual output adjustment was performed, you're, you're essentially looking for a, a needle in a haystack, and, and that can be a, a challenge for uh, those that employ historical data. But fortunately, there's little in, in terms of a cybersecurity concern as historical data is typically stored off of the control network and on the business network. That's to be contrasted with uh, what is increasingly the more common approach, which is the use of, of live data. Practitioners are able to tap into their, their PIDs uh, with, with the live data by connecting um, to the control network. The, the key benefit of this is, is that it's live, it's instantaneous, it's easily found, but maybe the most important attribute is it's high resolution. Uh, they can access this data quite commonly using uh, OPC connections uh, in the realm of Rockwell automation. Uh, this could involve uh, factory talk links, uh, gateway, uh, the, the OPC uh, server interface that's there. But it does introduce concerns about cybersecurity because now you are on the control network and you're interacting with it. So those are, are the two, the historical and the live are, are the primary methods. And they, they, they do introduce one being a, a non-cyber concern, whereas the other does have raise concerns. Now, if I'm understanding what you're saying, it seems like using historical data is a logical choice for accessing data and tuning a plant's PID control loops, but you know everything has advantages and disadvantage. Disadvantages. What are some of the drawbacks to that approach? Yeah, I, I agree with that assessment. There, there are legitimate concerns over live data, and and many choose to use historical data as a result because they're not interacting with the control network. But while on the business network. Historical data does indeed have some setbacks. Um, typically, it is within the IT department's domain to assign to assign the the compression and exception guidelines. And what that means is they are taking all of this vivid data that was uh, once live and extracting key components as they compress it so that they can store it. And what is often lost within the historized data is key attributes which can help in the formulation or the calculation of that all-important process uh, model. And from the viewpoint of a, a software manufacturer focused on PID control and tuning, right, that's a major drawback. Okay, so going back to what you said earlier, tapping into live process data presents challenges too. So what roadblocks do users run into with that approach? Well, here, here in the live uh, data access realm, you're, you're having practitioners with immediate access to a facility's control network, right? They're, they're installing software, uh, something that IT departments do not like, whether it's tuning software or any software, having that is a concern that that anyone in the IT realm would would appreciate, uh, and it's hard hard to blame IT staff. Some some research I I'd done leading up to today's session was that a cybersecurity firm called Sophos had uh, reported that in uh, the year 2021, 55 percent of manufacturers were hit with ransomware, and that was up 50% or thereabouts from the prior year, 2020. 
Um, I don't have more current data, but that presents an alarming, an alarming trend. So on the one hand, you have historical data, which can present difficulties because it, it lacks the, the resolution that can be so helpful when tuning PIDs for effective, you know, if not optimal control. But then on the other hand, you have live data, which has that robust, uh, unadulterated data, but it does open up process manufacturers to uh, cybersecurity threats. So it kind of sounds like you're saying users are darned if they do and darned if they don't when it comes to accessing data for controller tuning and optimization. So what's the answer to what seems like a riddle? So a, a third option recently came onto the automation scene here at Control Station. We refer to it as live historical data. And uh, not to be clever, right, but it, it's the ability to access live data immediately before it becomes historized. So more specifically, software can now access live data from uh, Factory Talk Historian SE on a pre-exception, pre-compression basis or po post-exception basis. And, and our Loop Pro suite of tuning software is just one example of a tool that, that can do this. And it provides the ability to uh, capture data uh, via factory talk links uh, by way of the factory talk live data interface. And um, since the point of access is within the confines of a production facility's business network, it eludes, it evades that, that concern of being on the process network. And so by getting the live data as it's going into the historian, or rather just before that, it still is a very robust source of data with lots of elements that assure the most accurate model, which assures the most effective uh, PID controller tuning parameters. And this is just one way that Rockwell Automation uh, and its technology partners like Control Station, uh, that we're, we're innovating and, and working together to address changes that are being faced by the process manufacturing community. And, and as the, the, the only Rockwell Automation partner that's singularly focused on PID control and plant-wide process optimization, this is something that we're, we're closely um, monitoring and, and looking to find ways to innovate so that we can support uh, our customers and, and those of, of Rockwell Automation collectively. For our listeners, I want to point out that earlier this year, we published a white paper from Control Station called, I'm going to read it because it's a little long for me, Successfully Optimizing Regulatory Controllers Without Risking Data Security. So I've put a link to that white paper in the episode description, and it's a really good read. I encourage you to download it. So thank you, Dennis. This was really interesting, and it's probably a new way of looking at PID tuning for some of our listeners. And I appreciate you being here so they can um, learn more about this. Thank you, Teresa. Great to see you. You too. So as always, thank you for listening. I'm Teresa Houck with The Journal Magazine, and we'll chat again soon. If you enjoy Automation Chat, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you so much for listening.